The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello and welcome to the Arrowhead Pride podcast we call From the Podium, where you get to hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney. No Kansas City Chiefs players on the mic today, just general manager Brett Veach after he made the 53-man roster cutdown and the 16-man practice squad. With that many players involved, Veach had a lot to go through, so let's get to it. Here is the general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs, Brett Veach. Before we start, just wanted to, uh, to thank... Uh, certainly my personnel staff and the coaches for, for all their hard work, really uh, starting from the time we got off the bus in Tampa to um, the un, uh, the uh, free agency period, to the draft, to the undrafted free agency period, all through training camp through this waiver wire process. And um, again, just can't thank them enough for all their, all their hard work. Uh, certainly want to thank all the players, um, the guys, congratulations to the guys that made our roster, made our practice squad and, and, and want to say thanks to, to the players that are moving on to, you know, other homes or pursuing other interests. Um, it was an outstanding camp, a lot of competition. We had some tough decisions to make. Um, but as you guys know that while we are excited about our roster, uh, we're certainly not perfect. And, you know, we'll spend, um, you know, the rest of this weekend and, and throughout the season just trying to see if we can get our roster better as we progress here. And uh, again, looking forward to, to the opener in a couple of weekends and should be a fun game. And that I'll take your questions. Let's go first to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Brett, uh, just checking that you're not um, trading for Orlando Brown again here. <laughs> no, I, I think we're good. You know, again, um, our staff does such a great job of, of um, turning over every stone. And, and, you know, I think we were here last night till, till midnight, just watching all these guys and, and seeing, you know, is there a way for, us to get better on the active and and how can we continue to grow and develop talent on our practice squad and we certainly value that practice squad and having 16 guys in the practice squad enables us to even work with more players and, and develop more talent so um you know we're excited about that process and we'll continue to watch guys through the weekend and you know the interesting thing about this waiver wire process is you know you, you'll have the wave of guys that got released um yesterday but there's always uh, the counter move so all the teams that made claims today have to release guys tomorrow. So we'll be back at it this afternoon, tonight, when we get that second update. And, and again, if we can make ourselves better or do anything, we'll, um, we won't be afraid to, to do that. Yeah. From one to 53, do you, how does this roster rank, the depth of this roster, since the years you've been here, including the times when Dorsey was around too? And Brad, I'll have a second question also. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I don't know if I can rank it. Um, I would say just in general, and, and I think it's, probably an easy consensus from the time that we got here with coach Reed back in 2013. It's, 
it's gotten better. Um, you know, we've had some good rosters uh, over the years. I, I think maybe some some different setups and roster compositions were, were deeper than others. Overall, again, Adam, you know, I th- we like where we're at. I, I still think that there's areas that we can get better than and we'll continue to do that. So, uh, I, you know, comparing each one, uh, it's hard to do other than I, I think from where we are now to when we first started, we're in a much better place. But again, it doesn't mean that, you know, we have a perfect roster and, and you know, we're not susceptible at different positions. So, um, again, we have a lot of work to do and we'll continue to do that. Yeah. Okay. And I wanted to ask you about keeping four tight ends. Was it a case of you're just not in the business of letting go of good players or is it that plus you see significant roles for all four of these guys? I think it's, it's those, um, you know, keeping the best players, they do have roles. They did deserve the roster spots and it became quite clear uh, and obvious to us that really on a flip side, because we've been on the other other end of this, I, I think I feel like the last few years we've been looking for third, fourth tight ends, um, and then to be able to to get Blake in the off season and then draft Noah and then have Jody have such a great camp. Um, we've been on the other end in regards to knowing how hard it is to find third, fourth tight ends. So uh, you know they deserved it, uh, not just with their play at the position, but also special teams. Um, you know, coach will find a way to use these guys. And then I probably took three or four calls about teams asking about our tight ends over the weekend. So it became clear that these guys weren't making it through the claim period when teams were um, asking about certain players. So, uh, you know, I think, though, Adam, before we even took the calls, we were committed to taking four tight ends. I don't think it was a situation where we thought, well, uh, they want these guys, so let's keep them because we can't get them on the practice squad. So we're committed to the four tight end process, but uh, the combination of of these guys earning it, coach certainly having a plan to utilize these guys, and, and just knowing how hard they, they are to find, I think all played into the process. Let's go next to Sam Mellinger. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Brett. Um, I know that they're all a lot of moving parts, right? But um, particularly with offensive line, I think you've got 10 guys on there and probably some an IR move or two and Kyle Long. Uh, can you just walk us through that process of kind of filtering down uh, that position group? Yeah, well, I mean, we certainly, um, you know, got the brunt of it last year with injuries. And as you guys know, it was a priority. We want to get the offense line better. Um, you know, we we felt like we, we once we started to acquire um, players at that position, we weren't content. We wanted to build depth. And, you know, just, you know, looking at our board, I mean, having – potentially three rookies start uh, day one with Creed, Trey, and, and Lucas, and then bring in Joe and Orlando. Um, we knew we'd have some competition there to fill out the back end of the roster. I think early on, um, I'm not sure if we kept nine or 10 last year. I'd have to go back and look some years, some weeks we keep nine, some years, some weeks we keep keep 10. But I think early on we were committed to going heavy there. Um, I think the one cool thing, and Coach may have mentioned it earlier, is that um, you know our backups, when you talk about guys like um, – Remmers and Allegretti and, and, and Wiley um, and Blythe, all these guys have lined up and played in, in Super Bowls and AFC championships. So there's a lot of experience there um, and there's a lot of snaps amongst them. So we, we feel like we have a good blend of some young talent up front with some guys who have played here and played in big games. And, you know, we like to just prepare for the marathon of a 17, hopefully a 20 game season, but there's a lot of football and you guys know there's a long way to get to the finish line here. So can't have enough of these guys. Go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hi, Brett. The first is just a, a housekeeping thing, and then I just have another um, question. When it comes 
to the injured reserve, is there a potential plan to put either of these injured offensive linemen in um, LDT or Austin Blythe on what would be now like a temporary IR? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think these guys are going to be good uh, for week one. You know, I, I don't think that this, you know, certainly the short-term IR, you know, it's at least, you know, three weeks, but I, I think we, we feel like these guys, you know, listen, I think the benefit is having 10 and we have some flexibility. So, um, you know, you have guys that can line up and play center like Allegretti and Remmers can, can do both. Um, Wiley can do a guard. Uh, so we have some flexibility in regards to our active game day roster, but I would anticipate both these guys, um, you know, getting out there and, and, and practicing this week, maybe not so much Blythe, um, but I think Blythe may be only a, a week away. Um, but I think uh, LDT will get out there and do some stuff this week and, and test that hand. So I think both these guys should be shorter than in three weeks, which would mean be, make sense to just um, practice and see how they feel and get with Rick and get with the coaches and, and make a decision based. And on then that. on the five receivers, I, I think we knew that the top four that would be here, but what did Fountain do to really push uh, his case to, to make you guys say, we got to have him on this initial roster. Yeah. He continued to get better every day. And, and, you know, that's kind of the message we send to these guys when they get here for the first time with these rookie meetings um, and these 90 man roster meetings that um, we're going to go out there, and we're going to evaluate the tape and, and, you know, certainly guys come in different ways. So, I mean, some guys will draft in the first round, some guys will play big money too, but um, you know, in general, I mean, we're going to go out there. We're going to be honest with ourselves, honest with the evaluations. And I think you guys, um, you know, you guys were camp every day and, and logging these guys and watching these guys. And I think it was clear to everybody that the kid just, he had an opportunity around with it and, and commend him on that. And, and, um, you know, when he's just, a, it's a good story for the rest of these guys when they come into rosters all across the league, that if you come in and make plays and show up on special teams, um, you know, we're in the business to win here and, and you got to play and produce. And, and he certainly did that. So it was really just, a. It was really just him going out there and earning the spot and, and making us. We tell this to the guys too. I mean, make the decisions for us. Don't have us make the decision. So you guys go out there and and um, you know make that decision for us. And and I think he did that with his play. And and we're certainly happy for him. Let's go next to Sarin Petro. Go ahead, Sarin. Uh, Brett, how uh, difficult was it uh, to make the decision to cut uh, Powell and Keys? I know that's the first time you've had to cut one of your draft picks and that, that's got to be you know when you invest a capital in it I, I know it's a serious decision to make uh to go ahead and make that cut so was was that difficult to uh to cut those guys yeah I think it's it's certainly um you know all these cuts w with all these guys um and even guys that maybe we acquired other ways practice squad guys that came in here and earned their way to the active roster I think any guys um whether you know it's a draft capital whether these guys have logged playing time uh for you and and gone out there and, and have done some great things for you. Like Darwin Thompson was another one. Uh, these are all tough, um, you know, but at the end of the day, I think it's, it's our job to, um, to get in there and watch the tape and put these guys up against guys on our roster and put these guys up against other players uh, around the league. And, and our job is to, is to feel the best team. Um, and some of these guys will take some time and some of these guys will have to grow and develop. And um, we were very fortunate to, to keep Cornell because we, we certainly love his upside. So we were, we were hoping to get both those guys, um, back to continue to work with them um excited that we have cornell back um but but again i mean we we got to line up and play week one against uh, a very talented cleveland team and and you know we got to put the strongest roster we can out for today um if we have the luxury to hide a guy or or, or keep an extra guy to develop you, you know we'll do that um you know but 
injuries play a factor in that? And, you know, like we mentioned some of the linemen and will they be ready in week one or two? So it's, it gets a little tricky, um, but it is tough for sure. And, and I, I know there's a limited number of spots and everything. Tim Ward statistically obviously had a great preseason. Um, you know, what, what, you know, and, and like as coaches always say, I'd like to keep 60, 70 guys. Eric Bieniemy said, I want to keep all 80. So I know difficult decisions have to be made, but uh, was it just that the stats that he was piling up were kind of up against second and third teamers and maybe wasn't quite as good as it appeared? Or, or was it that you, you know, have to numbers game at different spots? No, I mean, listen, you know, Tim had a great camp and, and you know, in regards to his play and his production, I mean, he can only line up there and um, play against the guy that is lined up against him. And, and he took advantage of that. And, and certainly other teams took notice. And uh, I know the Jets claimed him and the Jets were certainly up there on the waiver wire. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's other teams that actually put in for him too and, and, you know, didn't get to him. I think it's a combination of being committed to keeping 10 linemen, four tight ends. So it really comes down to, you know, the play the consistency of, of guys like Jody Fortson, guys like Fountain, um, and then stacking them all up together and then just saying now and moving forward, you know, where are we and, and how can they contribute, not just on game day, but on special teams. Uh, certainly a tough decision. Um, he certainly had a case to be on this team. And, and um, again, other teams certainly took notice of that too, but it really comes down to, you know, the guys like Fountain, the guys like Fortson, um, and then Chris Lamons is another guy that, um, you know, just one of the better gunners in the league too. So um, again, tough decisions. Um, you know, there was a couple guys, if I had to guess, a couple guys that would probably get claimed, you know, Tim would have been right there at the top of the list. And we had talked about that last night, too. So I don't think that we thought we would get him through because usually offensive alignment and defense alignment are the first guys to go. Um, every team wants to keep as many as they can. So that wasn't a surprise that he got claimed happy for him and, and hope it works out well in New York. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Brad, good to see you. Hey, Nate. Um, now that you're sort of through this process, I'm wondering um, if there's any update in terms of the negotiations for a contract extension with Tyron Matthew. And if there's nothing sort of imminent now, how confident you might be that you two guys can sort of agree to a deal maybe in the regular season towards the end of the regular season? Well, we had, you know, Nate, a chance to talk in the, in the, um, during the training camp process. And, and really there's nothing that I haven't shared before that's, that's new or changed, but you know, again, we, you know, we'll certainly, as I mentioned before, work our tail off to get him done. And, you know, I, you can't put absolutes on anything or definites on anything, but again, we'll certainly be committed to, to seeing that process through. And, and, you know, again, as I mentioned before, um, you know, can't express how much we admire him and, and he knows that, and we certainly know he wants to be here. So we'll just continue to make sure we follow that process through and, and hopefully get something done. Let's go next to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Brett. Uh, want to ask you about Jody. What did he do in this offseason program and camp in the preseason to earn a spot on this team? Yeah, just a great story. Um, you know, certainly it was it was fun to watch his uh, press conference yesterday. He was certainly excited. Um, most of the guys on the Zooms probably can attest to this too. Um, you just talk about that, that mental toughness and that resolve. I mean, coming out here and, and he had some rough OTA days. Uh, he, you know, he was still kind of transitioning to that tight end position and there were, there were, there were practices out here in the spring where, you know, the assignments weren't right. And, you know, he's always had great hands and it was when we had him at receiver and he was on the practice squad at receiver, he was a tough guy to cover. Um, wanted to find a place where we can really utilize this size and skill set um, in regards to mismatches, um, moved him to tight end. And all of a sudden the terminology was different. As he mentioned yesterday, the three point stance was different. And then, 
you know, that OTA, he had a couple, he had a couple rough weeks where, you know, all of a sudden the head was spinning and he was running the wrong routes and then all of a sudden dropping balls, which is very uncharacteristic of Jody. Um, and, you know, guys like that, I mean, it's, it's easy to kind of feel sorry for yourself and, you know, just want to go somewhere else and, and start fresh somewhere else. But I mean, the kid came back to training camp with just a, a complete different mindset. And it was just like he wiped the slate clean and wants to attack this thing, get after it. And, you know, you, you guys heard him mention about getting with Tobin and finding out how he can, you know, get better on teams. Um, so it was really an awesome story to see him just, you know, get his position moved, struggle, uh, but just continue to work and just put the blinders on and, and not listen to the outside noise, just control what you can control. He did that. He made plays and, you know, um, we're certainly excited about his upside. You know, Jody would be the first one to tell you that he's still not a finished product. There's, there's some work that needs to be done, but I mean, you know, just seeing him go in there, line up in line and, and take on some guys in the, in the, in the preseason and, and throw, throw his body around as a blocker, go down and cover kicks. You know, it was a tremendous amount of growth in, in, a, in a short amount of time. And we all know he's athletic and he's got a great wingspan, great hand. So, um, again, he'd be the first one to tell you that there's still more work to do, but um, excited for him. And he certainly earned this roster spot. We've got time for a couple more guys. We'll go Nick and then Sam. Go ahead, Nick. And Brad, I'll have a follow-up after this. Um, Brad, when you're deciding on some of the final roster spots, what factors are you kind of weighing in to who to take and who to kind of waver and move on from? It's a combination of, um, you know, special teams and injuries at the time. So, you know, it's always tough because, you know, there is that element of, of trying to project who will get claimed and who won't get claimed. Um, you know, also the communication we have with the coaching staff, in regards and the training staff in regards to, you know, player status, the first few weeks, um, making sure we can get through. Uh, I mean, well, we got a tough schedule. And again, right off the bat, we're coming out out of the gate with a very, very strong opponent. So we just want to make sure that we're not all of a sudden lining up week one and, and we're down at a position. Um, and then just, you know, the long-term um, growth potential. Guys like so we try to kind of weigh those things equally and, and get together and, and bounce different ideas. We probably had about three or four different ideas of, of of the roster, and we just kind of worked through it and kind of came to decisions. We did some try to factor in all, all the um, from you know. And then when staff, you look at the overall composition staff. of your roster from where it was in April to where it is today, is there anything that kind of surprises or intrigue, intrigues you about what the roster ended up becoming? Um, oh, that's a good question. I, I, I think it's just kind of like we always say, you know, from where we were in April, I'm not sure if, if guys like uh, Mike Hughes, if he was on the roster or if we – at that time, we hadn't seen Jody Fortson. We saw the Jody Fortson in the spring, not the Jody Fortson in the camp. So, um, you know, I think it's it, it just kind of doubles down on that mindset of, you know, just continue to add um, players. And if, you know, if we can make at the time before training camp, if we can make the 90th player better than we have on our roster, just continue to do that because these guys do grow and develop at different rates. And, you know, um, if you if you have a conviction about a guy or or. Um, you'd follow a guy's process um, during college and early on in the career. If you have an opportunity to go out and get guys like Mike Hughes, certainly he was a guy we liked coming out. Um, that opportunity was there. We took it. Uh, Jody, we didn't know, but we allowed him to continue to grow and develop. So it really kind of just doubled, doubled down on, on, the, on the mindset that um, you can never have enough good players. And, you know, that continues from our 90 to our 53. Now, even to the practice squad, we'll continue to watch guys. And if we can get better on the practice squad, guys, we'll, um, we'll make moves there. We'll go last to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Brett. Um, hey, a couple of real quick things, but um, you mentioned the fact that injuries sort of dictate some things sometime. I'm wondering if um, what Willie Gay is dealing with uh, affected your roster decisions at all. 
Yeah, I mean, I'd rather have Rick and, and, and Coach talk, talk about that. Um, you know I, know, I know it's kind of their deal there, but, um, you know, certainly there's some things we're working through there. And um, Coach, I'm sure we'll have an update, you know, in the next 24 hours there. I don't know if we have all the information, but, yeah, it, it does factor into play, um, you know, in regards to uh, going back to what I just said a few minutes ago, just making sure that we're not caught shorthand at week one and make sure we have depth at all these positions. And, you know, hopefully it works out and, and – you know, we're carrying extra to a certain position, but if not, we're prepared. Um, so uh, I'll let Coach and, and Rip handle that area. But, uh, again, all these things factor into play, and certainly getting up to speed and, and being um, deep at, at a position right off the bat in week one is is uh, part of the process. And then just lastly, we saw Marcus Kemp a lot rotating with, with, with the ones or twos in camp and obviously a special teams player as well. Can you kind of update us on, on his situation? Is he a guy you can perceive being back on this roster? Yeah, he'll be back. He'll be back. And, you know, I'd anticipate him being on the active roster and, you know, we'll have a, um, a corresponding move at, at a certain time here. You know, we have some different areas to do different things, but um, but I, I'd expect it's safe to say that, that Marcus Kemp, Kemp will be back here and, and be ready to contribute uh, hopefully week one.